Good evening, good evening, good evening on this beautiful and wonderful, terrific, thankful Tuesday. This is Humble Dame coming to you guys, as you can hear. My voice is coming back just a little bit. And I have been sitting here just writing and just enjoying my time. And I wanted to come and share something with you guys that is very dear to me. Um, as you guys know, I'm a writer and I love other authors and writers. And I also encourage other women, especially, but men also, and even kids to write. Write to your heart's content is very cathartic and therapeutic. I wanted to come and share with you guys the beautiful and the wonderful William Shakespeare. Okay, I'm going to share a little excerpt from The Tempest. The Tempest. This is the full audio book, okay? So just listen back and relax. Act One of The Tempest by William Shakespeare. Act One. Scene One. On a ship at sea. A tempestuous noise of thunder and lightning heard. Enter a shipmaster and a boatswain. Boatswain! Here, mister, what cheer? Good, speak to the mariners. Fall to it, Yarley, or we run ourselves aground. Beaster! Beaster! Exit. Enter mariners. Aye, my heart. Cheerly, cheerly, my heart. Yeah, yeah. Take in the topsail. Tend to the master's whistle. Blow till thou burst thy wind, if room enough. Enter Alonso, Sebastian, Antonio, Ferdinand, Gonzalo, and others. Good bosun, have care. Where's the master? Play the men. I pray now keep below. Where is the master, Bosun? Do you not hear him? You bar our labor, keep your cabins. You do assist the storm. Nay, good, be patient. When the seas hence, what cares these roarers for the name of king? To cabin, silence, trouble us not. Good, yet remember whom thou hast aboard. None that I more love than myself. You are a counsellor. If you can command these elements to silence and work the peace of the present, we will not hand a rope more. Use your authority. If you cannot, give thanks you have lived so long and make yourself ready in your cabin for the mischance of the hour. If it so hap, cheerly good hearts, out of our way, I say. Exit. I have great comfort from this fellow. Methinks he hath no drowning mark upon him. His complexion is perfect gallows. Stand fast, good fate, to his hanging. Make the rope of his destiny our cable, for our own doth little advantage. If he be not born to be hanged, our case is miserable. Exeunt. Re-enter Boson. Down with the topmast! Yeah! Lower! Lower! Bring her to try with main course! A cry within. A plague upon this howling! They are louder than the weather or our office! Rianastian, Antonio, and Gonzalo. Yet again, what do you hear? 
shall we give o'er and drown? Have you a mind to stink? Uh, a throat, you bawling, blasphemous, and charitable dog. Work you din. Hang her. Hang you horse and insolent noise maker. We are less afraid to be drowned than thou art. I'll warrant you for drowning. Though the ship were no stronger than a nutshell, and as leaky as an unstenched wench. Lay her a hold, a hold! Set her two courses off to sea again! Lay her off! And some mariners wet. All lost! Trails, trails, all lost! What, must our mouths be cold? The king and prince in prayers. Let's assist them. For our cases as theirs, I'm out of patience. We are merely cheated of our lives by drunkards. This white-chapped rascal, would thou mightst lie drowning the washing of ten tides. He'll be hanged yet, though every drop of water swear against it, and gape but widest to glut him. A confused noise within. Mercy on us! We split! We split! Farewell, my wife and children! Farewell, brother! We split! We split! We split! Let's all sink with the king. Let's take leave of him. Exeunt, Antonio and Sebastian. Now would I give a thousand furlongs of sea for an acre of barren ground, long heath, brown furs, anything. The will's above be done, but I would fain die a dry death. Exeunt. Scene two. The island. Before Prospero's cell. Enter Prospero and Miranda. If by your art, my dearest father, you have put the wild waters in this roar, allay them. The sky, it seems, would pour down stinking pitch, but that the sea, mounting to the welkin's cheek, dashes the fire out. Oh, I have suffered with those that I saw suffer. A brave vessel, who had, no doubt, some noble creature in her, dashed all to pieces. Oh, the cry did knock against my very heart. Poor souls, they perished. Had I been any god of power, I would have sunk the sea within the earth, or ere it should the good ship so have swallowed, and the frothing souls within her. Be collected. No more amazement. Tell your piteous heart there's no harm done. Oh, woe the day! No harm. I have done nothing but in care of thee, of thee, my dear one, thee, my daughter, who art ignorant of what thou art, not knowing of whence I am, nor that I am more better than Prospero, master of a full poor cell, and thy no greater father. More to know did never meddle with my thoughts. Tis time I should inform thee, Father. Lend thy hand, and pluck my magic garment from me. So. Lays down his mantle. Lie there, my art. Wipe thou thine eyes, 
have comfort. The direful spectacle of the wreck, which touched the very virtue of compassion in thee, I have, with such provision in mine art so safely ordered, that there is no soul, no, not so much perdition as an hair, betid to any creature in the vessel which thou heardst cry, which thou sawst sink. Sit down, for thou must now know farther. You have often begun to tell me what I am, but stopped and left me to a bootless inquisition, concluding, stay, not yet. The hours now come. The very minute bids thee ope thine ear, obey, and be attentive. Canst thou remember a time before we came unto this cell? I do not think thou canst, for then thou wast not out three years old. Certainly, sir, I can. By what? By any other house or person? Of anything the image tell me that hath kept with thy remembrance. Tis far off, and rather like a dream than an assurance that my remembrance warrants. Had I not four or five women once that tended me? Thou hadst, and more, Miranda. But how is it that this lives in thy mind? What seest thou else in the dark backward and abysm of time? If thou rememberest aught ere thou camest here, how thou camest here thou mayst. But that I do not. Twelve years since, Miranda, twelve years since, thy father was the Duke of Milan, and a prince of power. Sir, are not you my father? Thy mother was a piece of virtue, and she said thou wast my daughter, and thy father was Duke of Milan, and his only heir and princess no worse issued. Oh, the heavens! What foul play had we that we came from thence? Or blessed wast we did? Both, both, my girl. By foul play, as thou sayest, were we heaved thence, but blessedly hope hither. Oh, my heart bleeds to think at the teen that I had turned you to, which is from my remembrance. Please you, father. My brother and thy uncle, called Antonio, I pray thee mark me, that a brother should be so perfidious. He whom, next thyself, of all the world I loved, and to him put the manage of my state, as at that time, through all the signories it was the first, and Prospero the prime duke, being so reputed in dignity, and for the liberal arts without a parallel, those being all my study, the government I cast upon my brother, and to my state grew stranger, being transported and wrapped in secret studies. Thy false uncle, dost thou attend me? Sir, most heedfully. Being once perfected how to grant suits, how to deny them, whom to advance, and whom to trash for overtopping, new created the creatures that were mine, I say, or changed them, or else new formed them, having both the key of officer and office, set all hearts of the state to what tune pleased his ear that now he was the ivy which had hid my princely trunk and sucked my verdure out on't. Oh, it tends not. 
good sir, I do. I pray thee mock me. I, thus neglecting worldly ends, all dedicated to closeness and the bettering of my mind with that which, but by being so retired or prized all popular rate in my false brother, awaked an evil nature, and my trust, like a good parent, did beget of him a falsehood in its contrary, as great as my trust was, which had indeed no limit, a confidence sans bound. He being thus lauded, not only with what my revenue yielded, but what my power might else exact, like one who, having into truth by telling of it, made such a sinner of his memory, to credit his own lie, he did believe he was indeed the duke. Out of the substitution and executing the outward face of royalty with all prerogative, hence his ambition growing, dost thou hear? Your tale, sir, would cure deafness. How beautiful and how lovely was that. It's just something pleasing to the ears, even just the way that they speak with that beautiful accent. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. Again, that was the wonderful and the legendary Shakespeare. That was The Tempest. Just a few acts for you. You guys can go look it up. And, and it's, it's kind of like a trivia. It's kind of something fun that you guys can go look up and find out what the story is about. Um, I love Shakespeare. I love the way that he's uh, so much of a wordsmith, the way he massages the words and makes them pliable and the way he conveys the emotions of the human experience here on life in such a magical and delightful way. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. And I'm very grateful that my voice is coming back. I've been resting it quite a bit. Um, and I'm going to be listening to some Shakespeare tonight. I've been writing some very flirty, very beautiful, very um, sexy and kinky and romantic poetry. Um, yes, I'm single, but I've just been really enjoying just being in the mood of love. Okay, this is Humble Dame. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. Bye. Bye.